It's not just about changing the conversation. It's about changing the goal of the conversation. It's not just about trying to be right or trying to prove somebody wrong, but it's about seeking to understand, seeking to learn and seeking to grow. And when that's the objective of our conversation, that's when everybody starts to win. We don't understand, don't misunderstand. And a lot of people, when they don't understand, they already draw their conclusion or make assumptions that their perception of what they understood is the reality. If we're not trying to be right or trying to make somebody else wrong, but we're seeking clarity, that's where the bridge can actually be crossed. All right. We are live here with uh, myself and uh, Cow Tipper Kyle. I'm not sure where that name comes from, but I love it. And uh, Lamar's, Lamar's about five minutes out, so he's going to be jumping in this conversation as well. We're diving into kind of a heavier topic tonight, and uh, probably because it's just it's on on a lot of people's minds. And uh, you know, I think these are some of the uh, uncomfortable conversations that are that are worth having and worth exploring uh, to try to understand. Well, I don't know if we're ever going to actually really understand what's going on. Yeah, really. But I think sometimes conversations are a way for us to maybe make sense of what seems like uh, something that doesn't make a lot of sense and at least make sense of what we might feel in this situation. So um, what Kyle, I'm, I'm kind of curious because if, if across the border, there's like, a, you know, like one line all across party lines with this situation or how, how it's kind of rolling out there. I don't know from what I've seen. Um, yes. By and large um, this week, the CPAC, the conservative political action something committee committee convention. I don't know who cares. It's a bunch of Republicans (laughs) got together and um, they, they had their, I don't know. I can't remember if it's annually or biannually, something like that. They, they get together and be really conservative each other and cheer a lot. And, um, and, and then down the street, they have um, AF pack, which stands for America first PAC. And, um, so those two conventions were kind of going on this week. And it was, of course, it was a topic there. Um, AF PAC is full of white nationalists and increasingly okay. Republicans, which is unfortunate. And, um, and then CPAC was a little more moderate, um, but, but Donald Trump spoke at it. And he, in his speech, was a big fan of Putin and said he liked Putin and Putin had a great plan and stuff. So that was really divisive. It was because the rest of the country <laughs> yeah. is not feeling that way, <laughs> you know. Right, right. The, but, um, you know, if you're familiar with, his administration and what he was actually impeached for, which I'm not even versed enough to go into right now, but, you know, Google it. It's interesting. Um, it had to do with the Ukraine directly. Um, he, that, that was pretty divisive. So we have kind of a, I think most people are kind of just watching in awe and, and mm, yeah. not sure what to make of it all. And then there's a little fringe far right group that's kind of cheering on Putin, but it's very, very small in number. Yeah. He, he, um, and, of course, that's where my mind gets really curious, right? Because I'm like, okay, why are there people like, what does it make them think that, that this is a positive thing? Because like, I'll, I'll say like right right off the get go, here's who suffers. It's the average Ukrainian citizen right now. And I spent just, I spent a year living in Poland and not too far from uh, the Poland-Ukraine border. And Ukraine is a highly dysfunctional country. And sometimes it's not, it's like almost of no fault of its own. But because of its geographical location, as well as being such a resource-rich country, and it kind of being a buffer between the East and the West, it's been involved in kind of this proxy tug-of-war for like 
quite a long time, probably probably the last 30 years in particular, but uh, even before then, uh, before Ukraine was actually a country. So it's it's kind of this messy situation. It's like I, I would say to call it a a democracy is very generous because I think it's it's right it's it's probably the furthest thing from it right now because it's it's essentially a mafia state. Um so but I mean like I and I have to say like I was probably like everybody else really surprised when Putin actually moved in his troops. Like I, I thought he was maybe saber rattling and maybe was gonna you know, maybe send some people into the Donbass region, that that region that's kind of disputed, um, because those people are getting shelled. Like we can argue over like, but but there's been fifteen thousand casualties in the last eight years in that region, and so no. at some point someone's going to put up their hand and say, "Hey, we could use a little help here." Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I think that um, I I think that I don't. I think most people don't know what goes on over there. I know. You know, I'm familiar because that's. I'm, I remember from, you know, years past that it seems like Russia's always pecking away at one of its old Soviet bloc countries. Um, and that's <laughs> right. kind of all that I'm really familiar with. Um, and I think that there's, I think when I, when I say there's kind of the two different thoughts over here, one is just sympathy for the Ukraine as yes. people, yeah. but I don't think, I'm not sure if there's anybody outside of maybe Trump himself who's pro Putin as much as there's a lot of people who are just like, not our pro not our problem, you know, not yeah. our, not our circus kind of thing. And, and I think that I think there is a lot of that, and there's a lot of that in general. But I just think that it's hard to, you know, for one thing, this is more than anything I ever remember. This has got to be one of the biggest military actions that's broadcast in real time on social media, right? Like it's, it's yeah. So now, like we were talking about, a little <laughs> some of yeah. those videos aren't real, um, and I'll, a lot I'll, of the like, stories are mythology. But but there, it's it's interesting because it's so it's so salient right and whoever controls yeah. that controls a lot of the narrative yeah and um and it's sort of just like we're just kind of sitting back helplessly watching i mean what else what do you can what can you do and hoping for the best hoping that you know right it yeah. doesn't spin out there's only a few seems like there's only a few ways it could go right now from my edu- uneducated standpoint <laughs> yeah. none of them are good but some of them are infinitely bad <laughs> and I hope right it's that right yeah and and so i I can't say that I'm like that well versed on this either, but I, I took it upon myself to try to listen to like viewpoints across the spectrum to see if I could. And, and I think this is kind of my approach to, to a difficult topic is anytime is to say, okay, what are, what are all these people saying? And, and can I parse out something from it that feels like reasonably accurate? And what we can say, obviously, first of all, is that like um, invading another country is, is not a good thing. Now, there's been some who've made the comment that uh, this should be considered a a war crime, and I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. And the invasion herself, or components of it, because I think that I, I, I don't, that I, I've there's definitely been some specific incidents that definitely are like I, I think that it's and and not to get into details because they're pretty da- pretty bad, but there's definitely some stuff that you know if this shakes out, somebody. If anything's ever prosecuted, which I'm the pessimist in me says none of this stuff ever gets prosecuted, but um, there's definitely some real grisly stuff going on that's way out, way outside the bounds. Now, also we can see it, right? <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. it happens all over the world all the time. We just don't see it, but salience is a that's a thing. Yeah. Well, so so I was trying to think, like I guess, and and I I almost like hate to make this comparison, but I don't know what else to compare it to. So I went back to say like 2003 Iraq and like what, what took place over there. 
and it's, it's it's obviously it's not an apples to apples comparison, but I guess what you could say is, um, so like if I have it right, Iraq is probably like half the size in terms of ge- geographic area, maybe half the population of what, what Ukraine is. Ukraine is like quite a big land mass and about 44 million people in Iraq, so maybe 20 million people, give or take. And so we look at, okay, what did the, what did the U S military do in, in that situation? And it, again, this isn't to try to make an apples to apples comparison, but that, I think they went in there and basically bombed the crap out of it. If I, you know, I was only in my early twenties. <laughs> so, yeah. but from what I recall, they went in there and basically bombed the crap out of it before sending in like a bunch of troops to, to mop up, but they like destroyed infrastructure. They destroyed like water lines, electricity, like everything was cut and the country was left in ruins. And, and now they had to rebuild it kind of from the ground up in this situation here. Um, like all of the infrastructure, as far as I can tell is, is, has been kept intact, like water, internet, phone. There's people like walking around downtown Kiev, uh, posting videos of them walking around downtown Kiev. And well, they, they're burning like fuel reserves and stuff. I mean, they're they're and and they the internet's you know they Elon Musk sent over Starlink trying to make sure they stay online and stuff. They're getting some help with some of that stuff, but you know the first I, thing they did is go and disable all the airports. Now they didn't do a good job, and some of them are still functional. But mm-hmm. you know. but you know, and I think that well, from a military standpoint, I, I think that's just purely to, to gain air superiority, I guess you would say. Um, but what the thought that crossed my mind is okay, like if, if Russia actually wanted to flat out conquer. Ukraine, I think it would have looked a lot different than it than it does. Like they could have just gone in there and absolutely steamrolled the country. Like they could have bombed it into oblivion and totally steamrolled. Well, they may still, right? I mean, they they. Well, okay, yeah, but I, like I don't think that's a like. I guess what I'm thinking is is and I, as if I know, <laughs> who might actually like pretend I have any idea into the mind of like you know the Russian oligarchy or something. <laughs> but like logically, it wouldn't actually make sense to do that because I. I my inclination is this is as much a fight over resources uh, as 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 well as like maybe geographic territory because Ukraine's quite a mineral like quite a resource rich region and i don't think russia would want to get sucked into like having to like rule like like it's almost more like they want to capture it decapitate the leadership install their version of leadership and get back out of there again so it's like it doesn't make sense to destroy the infrastructure then to only have to turn around and try to rebuild it again so i don't know yeah i don't know i mean i i'm i can't tell that it's that well thought out to be honest with you i think they've sent a lot of people in who don't know what they're doing it seems like um the videos of of you know your average ukrainian townspeople chewing out russian soldiers who look lost is in a weird way i have very little sympathy for any of the russians but when i see the when i see the soldiers looking really confused and not looking like they know what they're doing it strikes me that they didn't really have a good plan going in. And I, and I, I feel for them that their lives are on the line and they're not sure why it seems like to me. Um, yeah. I feel more for the Ukrainians because their towns are being destroyed. And, and, you know, there's the, a lot of the firefights today were in residential areas and houses are burning and hospitals are getting hit and ambulances are getting hit and all kinds of stuff. And, yeah. and that's just really ugly stuff, you know, and that's, I mean, that I, maybe that happens all the time, but but I, it, the thing that the thing is, is like kind of what we were saying last week when we first kind of right before it happened, I think it started like that night or the next <laughs> night or something. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I was, I just thought, man, I, I know he seems to want to do this. He does this a lot. He's, he's gone into Putin. I mean, has gone into other areas and, and tried to just poke around and, and I don't know what his, his, um, his reasoning is. I, I think. I suspect that I know, but I'm not, I'm not enough to even really talk about it. There's a lot of, um, 
kind of think pieces and Twitter threads by people who've studied him for a long time. And they're really wild. It's, it's, in fact, there was a link and I can't remember what periodical it was, but there's a link that went live for like an hour and then came back down in a Russian um, periodical of some kind written as if they had already conquered the Ukraine, as if it was meant to be published later. And of course, a bunch of people grabbed it and archived it and tweeted it out in threads. And it was bizarre. And maybe I'll send it to you if I can find it. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It was like, basically, it doesn't make as much sense as we want to try to make it. It's a, it's a, it's an empirical thing. It's, it's a, the Cold War was a shame to them and they want to try to make it right and try to win back some of their, what they believe are their losses in the nineties, you know, eighties and nineties. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard that thought that there's like trying to you know return the USSR to its former glory or something like that. Like the mm-hmm. Ukraine was like the crown jewel in the USSR because it was such a such a resource rich area. Yeah. And you know Putin is 69. Like he's he's not going to live forever. Like he's getting up there in years. And is this his final stab at you know trying right. or Russia to glory? But you know what's interesting is like Russia Russia's standard of living has dramatically improved over the last I don't know 20 odd years compared to what it was before. And they actually have almost like very little debt compared to, to Western nations. They're actually pretty doing pretty good. But I wonder then, you know, because there's a lot of like crazy theories, like I shouldn't say crazy, but theories like, okay, this is him trying to restore USSR to its former glory or something like that. But I'm like, what if that was just like a cover story? Like, well, and we'll never really know, right? I mean, it's and and that's the thing is like there's a lot of theory you can kick around and and volley around all day long, but at the end of the day, <laughs> they they unilaterally just charged into another country. You brought up the Iraq example. I mean, mm, the United yeah. States and allies have gone into Iraq multiple times in my lifetime, but each right, time yeah. they went with a with a, a a UN buy-in, right or wrong. I mean, there's a lot of people who feel like it was still wrong, but but um, and I have no opinions on it. I was little at the time, but but yeah. um. You know, the U.S. went in with a, a bunch of other countries, a bunch of other allies um, with at least some kind of public mission. They sold it first. They sold it publicly to the U.N. And it was a, and they went in. It, it wasn't unilateral. It was a it was a large set of allies coming along with. I think Canada even helped a little bit. And um, in this case, it was like. Russia has no allies left in this. I mean, they they have some people who are being real quiet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they've, you know, there was some heel dragging from countries that I, from, from what I've seen on, on Twitter, basically, there's some <laughs> heel dragging from countries like Germany and, and a few other countries that just didn't want to get involved. And it's pretty much Russia on their own at the moment. Now, maybe China will back them. I don't know, but, but it's Russia's facing a, they're facing an uphill battle that they created for themselves. I've never seen the entire globe unite against something the way this this happened this week. It's really been eye-opening because I didn't expect it. When he went in, I thought, okay, we're all going to align behind our buddies, right? I mean, yeah. there's some very, there was some very neutral at best, maybe, maybe pro-Russia groups that are kind of backing off going, this is not, this isn't us. Like we, at, at potential risk to themselves, at potential risk to their own yeah, economies yeah. in the case of Germany, right? So, <clears throat> well, I believe Russia yeah, supplies like, 40% of Europe's like energy needs in particular natural gas yeah, half of some of the countries i think it was yeah. you know from what i've and read s- and so that that's in itself a bit of a problem mm-hmm. so and and germany is getting a lot from russia and so so then i wondered cuz there's this whole nord stream 2 they cut off nord stream 2 and it's it's fully built this this underwater pipeline from russia to germany and 
I heard it was going to take them fr- from like 40% to up to 80% of their oil, like natural gas and energy needs coming yeah. from Russia. So then the US went in and was like, no, we don't want this because if you have that, then Russia has a huge amount of leverage over you because they can threaten to turn off the taps or, you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm pretending I know anything about the oil. Like, you know, I, I, I'm you sure know. those types of conversations happen all the time, though. There's constant jockeying of like, who's got the power, who has the upper hand here? Because, you know, Germany is also simultaneously just announced within the last month that they were shutting down a bunch of nuclear plants and as yeah. have the U.S. And so it's like it's there. A lot of these countries are just for whatever reason are going kind of anti anti energy neutral at the moment. And so who has the oil all of a sudden has a lot more sway. And and now when you have a country that's aggressive like Russia is, that makes a major decision, you know? Hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, Lamar jumps in much. here. Uh, yeah. So I, like it, I, it sucks again for the average Ukrainian citizen. But so here, here's another thing that I thought was really a, I'm not sure, maybe a cynical move on the part of the president of Ukraine. You know, when he started handing out weapons to his civilian population, like I think it makes a, it sounds good on paper. Hey, we're handing out, you know, weapons and we're going to fight off the Russian invaders and so on and so forth. But here's, here's what's apparently, now I can't, I can't corroborate this. So don't, don't take this as a fact, but here's what I've, I've heard has been happening. And I, I like, I've seen a couple of videos, but again, how do you, how do you, how do you know? But that essentially the average people are like, you know, either the mafia, cause there's a lot of mafia in like Ukraine's kind of a mafia state. Um, are basically getting their hands on these weapons and going around and settling scores with each other right now. Hmm. So you're handing like military grade weapons to, you know, mobs and they're, they're not even going after like the Russians. They're going after, they're going and settling scores with like other, other criminal gangs here. And it's almost like you're, you're now you've, you've now destabilized the country even more. And I wonder if that was like a deliberately cynical ploy to like, okay, if you're going to come here and take, take the, take us over, we're going to, we're basically going to destabilize our country and create a, a you know what show. Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean, if your if your ship is sinking and then it sinks more, is that worse? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's there's some desperation involved here in just pulling out all the stops, right? Like, if your country is being is being overrun and you know that you're target number one, or you at least believe you are, I think that if if a few if some if some gangs go after each other, I don't feel like that's real high on your concern list. You know, like I feel like I understand in a nut in a vacuum, that's terrible. Right. And that'll have to be, have to be cleaned up later for sure. If Ukraine survives this, but whether Ukraine survives, this is a, is a, a big question mark. Right. And, and he's not, he doesn't have for, for very obvious reasons, he doesn't have international military support. Right. He's not, he's being armed, but he's not being fought alongside with, and he's he is pulling out all the stops. I don't I don't see it as cynical so much as just like the 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 dying you know pleas of a <laughs> of some kind of ruler just trying to do something. You know, I mean, he's inviting other people to come in too from other countries to help out, sort of unofficially. You know, like as as um, honorary Ukrainians and stuff like that. You know, it's it's I don't know. I guess my thing is I don't I can't even imagine. I've never I haven't spent 10 minutes as desperate in my life as those guys have been for a week now. You right, know? yeah. And it's hard for me to it's hard for me to go in and start moralizing what they're doing. Right. I, yeah. I can't say I wouldn't hand a large bazooka to the person next to me knowing they might misuse it if there's a percent chance they might save my life. You know what I mean? Like everybody's doing that calculus right now and that calculus isn't 
it's not pristine, right? It's we're not optimizing <laughs> yeah. here. We're surviving, <laughs> you know? Right. So yeah, yeah you're going to get some, of course, there's, there's always going to be something weird and random happening, but I don't know. I, I feel like, I do think it is that desperate. I genuinely do. I think that, you know, there's, there's always going to be a propaganda war and we're never going to get the full story or whatever. But I've also seen, I've also seen enough families getting torn apart, sometimes literally. And it's, I think those people are going to do whatever they have to, 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 you know, survive. Now, of course, of course, in any sort of gangland situation, you're going to have, you're going to have people taking power where they probably shouldn't or whatever, but it's like survive first, fight that battle second, I think. Yeah. Lamar, you, you spent some time in the military and I, you've done some overseas tours as well. Um, and we might be going back a couple of years f- f- for this, but, uh, <laughs> y- you know, um, it, even though it's not really like a directly linear comparison, we were kind of, we kind of touched on, you know, like, let's say, for example, the U.S. going into a country like Iraq and what what sort of the fallout from that was versus like what might be happening here. But, um, yeah, from, from what from your, your perspective, um, you know, how do you see this? Well, I'm asking to play your crystal ball. here. <laughs> you know, well, I should say, what, what are your thoughts on what's happening here? Like, what, what, what do you see in terms of, you know, potential motive? We're, we're batting around, you know, in conversation, pretending we have answers to something we have no clue we're talking about. What we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, good evening, everyone. Um, hope I'm coming through clear enough. Can you hear me? Yeah, oh, you yeah. bet. All right, perfect. Um, so yeah, several things. I mean, this this um last few days have been pretty busy for me. I'm getting bits and pieces of things that's going on in terms of um Belarus potentially entering. Um, just from a position of being like a former military person, a lot of the things I'm hearing. Um, talk to a few um army people, marine people, just you know, me in conversation just happened to uh, come across some people who are vets. And, um, you know, the big question always is, as a country, should we always be somewhat somehow related to taking the lead as, as the U.S., as the United States? Um, and should, you know, we just got a, a load of troops back that were over in that Afghanistan um region for years and now we're sending more troops back over to that region of the country or that region of the world rather um you know that's one of the biggest questions i hear in terms of fallout one of the things that i think ends up happening is we we run into this cycle where one now we're in a position as a country um where we're struggling to get to get recruits um we're struggling to even get our military up and, and running um, it's, it's not at, at its, its worst levels, but things I'm seeing locally, um, recruitment, we need, we need more recruits. And now the government is offering up to $50,000 for people to, to get into the military, depending on what your, um, qualifications or specialties are. So, well, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a wide range of things is going on. So again, I've been kind of out of the loop, um, directly for what things that was going on, but, um, one of the things that I did find interesting was the fact that um, uh, Starlink uh, connected to uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. You know, Ukraine, they, they were donated, Starlink donated a bunch of satellites to pretty much give everybody in Ukraine some type of Internet, um, high speed Internet service. So, I mean, those are just some of the little tidbit tidbits that I've been able to, to pick up on and, and share and communicate with some people I've been talking to this week. 
Now that that's super interesting. I, I would have had no clue about that in terms of recruitment of the US military. And I wonder if like because we now well, you think back to say World War II, for example, all you got was, I don't know, letters and maybe something over the radio. Like and then you'd hear stories afterwards. Yeah. But you don't even know if the story you're hearing is true. Right. Right. You get a newsreel in a theater like a week <laughs> later. <laughs> and and now we're we're getting like in real time. You know, and we're seeing the actual the horrors of war. Like this is what it actually. Right. There is no glory in war. War. Right. Uh, I'm not sure who I'm quoting who said war is hell. Maybe it was a. I feel like it was a, a a general in the Civil War or something like that said there is no glory in war. War is hell. Like there, there's nothing good about it. You know, and I, you know, I, I feel bad for anyone who's getting thrown into this conflict. Like like you said, Kyle, standing there wondering like, well, what the heck are we doing here? How did we get here? I don't recall this being like a part of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably the case for a lot of people on both sides are wondering what the, you know, there's probably some, some Russians kind of wondering what, what they're doing there. It seems pretty obvious that a lot of them are wondering that. And then you have a lot of people who, who, um, you know, it's right, right. As we were talking last week, I saw a tweet from somebody saying who they were staying in a, uh, um, a hotel in, I can't remember one of the, one of the towns, not give. Um, and they were, they were saying they heard a bomb outside and like as the first part, it's the first wave of the invasion. And the person who was working at the hotel asked them what, what was going on. And it was just kind of an interesting thing. Like people who weren't plugged in didn't know it was coming, you know, and maybe they'd heard threats for a long time because they live next door to Russia or whatever. But, you know, there's a lot of innocent people that went from just having a day like you and like we all three had today to looking down the barrel of not having a country the next day. Yeah. And, and like, that's, I can't imagine that there's, there's no, there's no corollary to that. There's nothing, there's nothing I've faced for five seconds. That's been that crazy, you know? And that's why I'm, I'm hesitant to even judge anybody's actions right now, short of what looked to be essentially war crimes on one side of the aisle. Maybe, maybe it's happened on both sides, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to, from my own point, I'm going to, kind of let some of the propaganda wash and go water off the ducks back a little bit and, and enjoy that. Cause it's the one sole entertaining part of all this and, um, and kind of give people a pass on what they do trying to survive right now. Honestly, like it's a, there's a, there's a lot of to unpack later, but right now it's just too, it's too crazy. Yeah. Well, and I think what we, we have really short memories in the modern age of social media. And so it's hard for people to even think like a year ago, two years ago and, and so on. And like this, this isn't something that started four or five days ago. This is right. like a conflict that's been brewing for a long time. But I think the last eight years in particular, I'm not sure how many people are aware that there's been like 15,000 casualties in that region of Eastern Ukraine, 80% of which I, I believe it's actually as 82% or 81.9% are ethnic Russian speakers who have been the casualties and suffered at the hands of the Ukrainian military, who has a battalion of avowed, much like I don't know if I want to say the word, <laughs> you know, but uh, avowed neo NAZIs. Yeah, um, no, I mean they, their markings are on their vehicles, right? And there and there's some from 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 both country have representatives that wave it, wave that flag proudly. Oddly enough, you know. Um, yeah, and, I'm sneaky about it like we are in the US. The US. <laughs> yeah, like they've act, you know, and so you go, okay, well, how much does that factor into this? Where where they're like, 
I don't know. We're, 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 you know, we're the victims of the, you know, Ukrainian military, for example, committing war crimes against this little region of Ukraine and so on. Like, and again, this isn't, I don't put that forward to justify the invasion, but to say like, it often feel like there's more than meets the eye that doesn't get talked about because maybe it doesn't fit a particular, a particular narrative, you know, um, well, but I could get, be off the mark here. Yeah, no, I don't think you're wrong, but it, you know, it doesn't get talked about because it's not applicable at the moment. Not in the sense that it doesn't matter at all, but in the sense that like, you know, it's the whole house burning down. You got to put the house out first and then figure out who built it. Right. Like, it, you know, it's, or, or who set it on fire or who, who made the flammable drapes. Right. Like there's, there's a lot to unpack in this whole thing and we'll never do it. We, we don't know. Yeah. We don't have that <laughs> yeah. sort of like, you know, heritage level, um, animosity with different people i i don't relate to anything i just make fun of canadians but i don't hate them that much right <laughs> like yeah <laughs> yeah um but you know it's that, that's i feel you know, bad even telling jokes right now like honestly i i there's there's it's it's hard to even like my brain has been so fritzed out with all this honestly like i was i can't even imagine i can't even imagine what's going on over there i like i have nothing really to say about it. i there's there's just it's too it's too wild it's too disgusting and there's there's just so many innocent people getting rolled up in whatever this is, right? Whatever, yeah. whatever the, 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 the onus is, whatever the, the grand idea behind it, if there even is one at this point. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's horrifying because I, like I was saying right before Lamar hopped on, like I, there's a few ways that this could end, but none of them seem good, but some of them seem like infinitely bad at the moment. And I just hope that uh, yeah. I, I hope we can, make enough people happy to roll this one back. It's, it's a mess. Yeah, it really, I mean, it, it really runs deep. And I think that, um, that's, that's the, the link or the vine in the, in, in the world, not even the country, but in the world, um, there's so many things that are running so deep and have been covered over for years, have been unaddressed directly for years. And then now there's this boiling pot in so many different regions of the of the world, um, and things are just getting to a point where it's really, it's really coming to a head. And again, I'm a firm believer in seeds being planted, and then ultimately those seeds will grow. And there are things that have been planted for years, um, really deep, um, in the Middle Eastern regions, in the in the um, European regions, things that are just going on that. Um, like Kyle said, it, it it becomes at a point where it's just a mass of stuff and you can't over consume this because you become saturated with, um, I use the terminology, the fat of information, just so much information and eventually trying to dissect so much at, at in a small space of time that it just becomes overwhelming. And then, you know, it either consumes you and it, you carry out actions in your own day that represent the frustrations that you hold inside because of all information or you find a way to to try to support and care for a community of our world while still trying to go on and live your life in a space where you can be you, know, you can have some resemblance of peace in your own mind and heart. Well, and one of the things that I've, I've grappled with a little bit here is, you know, this, this conflict gets all the media coverage. This is the, the, the big deal right now, maybe because it involves yeah. the U S is like number one boogeyman for the last hundred years or 60, whatever long Russia has been a U.S. boogeyman. I don't know. It's a long time. 
Well, we so, were friends in World War II. We had Uncle Joe, right? Joe Stalin was Uncle Joe for about five minutes <laughs> to help us out. Oh man, that, that's that's regrettable. And then so, we went right into the Cold War, and it hasn't has hasn't calmed down since. Well, I think well, it has calmed down a lot. It's it's gone underground where we don't think about it that much. But yeah, you probably right. think it's, about it more than we do. Well, Russia was your ally in World War One as well, I think. Mm-hmm. If yeah. and then World War Two, and then uh, wasn't there some sort of I don't I don't know if you could say being allies, but the so called I shouldn't say so the war on terror. I thought I thought Russia and the U.S. sort of had some common ground on that as well, because Russia has also, you know, suffered from terrorist attacks from extremist elements and so on. So I wondered, you know, and ironically, at one point, I think I don't know if it was in Putin's in power, but I think it was like Russia even like put up their hand to say, like, maybe we could join NATO. So it's it's like, but, but where I was that going, I have not heard. Yeah, he, he got rejected, though. And. You know, makes me scratch. I did. Uh, no, no, I, I, I think. Remember. No, no, no. This is probably like twenty years ago. Because remember, Putin's probably had his iron fist. Like Putin's not a good guy. This guy's an oligarch. Uh, uh, he, he's he's corrupt. He's he's collecting his billions. He's got a mansion in the south, uh, the Black Sea, like some kind of fortress mansion. Like, you know, th- this isn't a good guy. Um, but I guess what I was actually trying to go with this is like this here registers like as a big deal because of sort of it's Eurocentric and, and we're connected to, right. you know, we we're culturally the same. And I think there's, there's something along the lines of 50 plus active armed conflicts happening around the world right now. Include like that are, that are much like a bigger deal than what's happening, than what's happening here presently is, you know, as far as it's going so far. Right. And I haven't really felt a sense of empathy for any of those conflicts and so i've been like well why is that is it because they're happening in in an ethnically diverse or culturally divergent area of the world that i can't seem to enter into whereas like i've lived in eastern europe i've been to these countries i i can picture what it's like there versus you know a conflict happening in southeast asia or in well i've been to africa too but i you know in say sub-saharan africa or something like that so feeling kind of conflicted about like, why do I not care about these other conflicts? Maybe it's because they don't get brought to our, our attention because there's nothing to gain from them politically over here. Yeah. There's, there's a few different reasons. Um, for starters, sometimes we care about those places when they go viral on social media, right? Remember, um, was it Cooney, Coney, Coney 2012? Remember that whole thing when, uh, all of a sudden everybody decided that there was one warlord in Africa that we needed to stop, you know, and it went viral because <laughs> it was marketed really well, right? Everything's marketing at the end of the day. Uh, so yeah. every once in a while we do care, but the, the salience thing right now is, um, is that, that we're, we're trading partners with a lot of these countries and, and what they do affects us. Like it could affect our gas prices tomorrow. Right. For better or yeah. worse, I mean that's cynical, but it can. Like a, two two warlords going after in Sudan is not going to move the needle for anything we do on a day to day basis, and that's just that's cynical, but it's just true. Like, and and so we just don't pay as much attention as we probably should. In fact, I, I saw some people making some comments about how we're like ready to take Ukrainian uh, refugees, and it's like, are we taking Sudanese refugees? It's like, well, we probably should be, right? And and I know that we actually right, do, right, right. But, but it's just we don't. It's not. It's not a salient. And the other thing is Russia can nuke us. Right. I mean, let's just be really honest <laughs> yeah. about that. Like, right. like nobody in sub-Saharan Africa can attack us from there. Right. So that's, that's what makes this as sort of gripping as it is, is because it's like, if this melts down globally, this affects us personally really quickly. If it goes si- sideways, 
And, right, right. And I think that's, I think the fact that it can escalate from something we weren't thinking about two weeks ago to something that affects us on a physical level, potentially in two weeks is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm painting with a real broad brush there, obviously, but it's like, I think that is why we care. Honestly, I think it's because it's like, oh, you know, he's, he's got a lot of power that he can swing economically and maybe physically in ways that we hope we're, we hope somebody is, we hope somebody has a plan for that. Right. Right. So that this could, yeah. Uh, and that, that's a great way of explaining it. You know, um, that this directly affects us versus just trying to have altruistic, mo- you know, motives or, or yeah. empathetic motives, because, uh, you know, I think it's close to 400,000 casualties in this like Saudi Arabia, Yemen conflict, for example. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> I, I have no, I, I don't have no desire to dive into that at all. Other than to say like, you know, for example, I, pretty sure i know where the saudis are getting their weapons from right you know there's a lot of proxy wars over there right (laughs) so it seems anyway i mean i don't even know enough to know if that's true or not but i saw it somewhere so it's probably true yeah and i think that's that's this whole thing is like like a lot of these conflicts end up being proxy wars for and this one happens to have spilled over like it's no longer a proxy war it was a proxy war between you know i guess russia and the and the west you know, you think about Russia, their global economy, like their GDP is smaller than Canada's. Right, right. Like their Canada, we're, we're you know, 38 million or something. Russia's, I don't know, 150 million, give or take. Um, you know, they, they're what, four or five times their population, but we actually have a slightly larger GDP. And so you think about, say, like this pipeline, for example, Nord Stream 2, that they said, okay, we're not, we're, it's already built, all set up. They spent billions of dollars building this. And they're like, turn off the tap. You're not allowed to do this. Or <laughs> we're, you know, so Russia, like 60% of the exports are like oil and gas, probably flowing to Europe. And so if the U.S. comes along and says, well, we're, we want you to step on this pipeline and cut it off, you're cutting off a whole bunch of cash flow to Russia selling you know and maybe they're doing it because they're like well we don't want europe to be so dependent on russia and russian energy so i, I guess all of this to say again there's there's usually more than meets the eye so then russia looks at this like as a i don't know if existential threat's not the right term but like a legitimate threat to their security to their i don't know if quality of life to their economic stability and the, like the u.s has come along trying to step on the oxygen tube kind of thing yeah, possibly. Yeah, and it's, and it gets into like you know the whole world order, right? Like you know, it's if if they can move up the chain a couple, they're going to want to do that, and, and right, and, right, and as we would if we were in the same situation. So, and how how exactly? I mean, that's all very abstract, though, and I and I'm not right. sure how that exactly that plays into what they're doing right now. Other than I, I haven't seen anything written anywhere, English or Russian, that that explains it well enough for me to even relate to it. To be honest with you, it seems very strange, and and also not surprising. Like I'm I'm not right, sh- right. shocked that it's happening. I'm sick about it. I feel terrible about it. But yeah, you're right. These these battles have been going on for a long time. I think. You know, I, I think we kind of answered your question accidentally there too, in the sense of like, we don't know what sort of wars were going on prior to it, it within even among the same people leading up until now. We know now because if it spins sideways, it turns into a world war, right? So it's all right. it's, it's a salience thing. It's like what's if it's if it all of a sudden is on our doorstep, we're going to need to know about it, kind of thing. And I think that's why 
paying attention and and that and you know social media too just you know like i said you know even even some really obscure warlords get facebook time sometimes and we get all excited about them but then they go away and <laughs> i have to admit i have never come across an obscure warlord on facebook but that might be kind of a unique well, experience <laughs> so do you do you remember so it's 2012 when the coney thing k-o-n-y check check that out that was an interesting there was this just this guy who just decided to make a um a documentary about this thing and a and I, I won't get into all the details of it. You can just look it up sometime. But um, it was basically this this warlord that he was really concerned about what this guy was doing. So he just started a social media campaign to stop the guy. And that's all wow. that happened. It was just a st- nothing happened. It was just people got excited about it. And everybody was putting like Coney 2012 in their in their Facebook profile pictures and stuff. Wow. And then that was it. Like nothing. I, to this day, I don't know what happened to the guy. I don't think anything happened to him. And I think the guy who made the documentary blew the money on something else and <laughs> like blew a bunch of money that he crowdsourced on something else and nothing ever happened. I, I don't know for sure. I think something, you know, who, who knows what happened to Cody himself, <laughs> but it was really interesting. It was just a weird time where like things were, people were starting to work out like what goes viral and what doesn't. And that went super, super viral and everyone cared a lot and like were carrying signs and like wearing ribbons and stuff about this random warlord in Africa. And, and, uh, and then that was it. Like everybody felt better about themselves when we moved on to worrying about <laughs> whatever the Kardashians or something. <laughs> it's a wild yeah. time. I, and I'm like, that's such a timely remark. Everybody felt good about themselves. Yeah. And there's an element it's of me that is, the day. Oh, I like, and I hate to sound so cynical. <laughs> Sorry, am I stressing you out? <laughs> no, no, I'm just thinking like, I, I don't want to sound so cynical, but I just, I just feel like there's a lot, and I don't know, but there's a lot of people who are maybe putting like the blue and yellow heart in their, you know, profile picture or profile description or something yeah. that really have like, no context whatsoever they're just basically t- whatever they're being fed they're like you know ah this this allows me to feel some semblance of i don't know if self-righteousness is the right term but like uh what's there's another term for it uh virtue signaling there we go that's the one i was looking for uh, like you know no war yeah man virtue signal and it's like well i don't know I, again i i feel like there's and I, I agree with you kyle that that we you know put out the fire first mm-hmm. But I, where my brain always goes is like, there's more than meets the eye here. And uh, so, so just to delve into that a little bit. So what, are, what are you, so if the, if you think like, I, I understand the sort of virtual signaling aspect of the, you know, the yellow and blue flag or whatever, mm-hmm. th- that's definitely going to be a thing, but like, as opposed to what, like what would be a more responsible way? Cause, cause we could sit here all day and true, like true. research like, well, the, what are the finer points of what's going on? Who cares from my standpoint right now? I don't care right, about the right. finer points. We have a country invading over an internationally accepted boundary. I, that's thing number one right now. And I'm going to support, well, support is a weird word. I'm, I, I got a story about support in a minute, but um, <laughs> I, I don't, I haven't supported anybody in it, but I'm going to, I couldn't possibly care less about what people have in their profile picture. I think that that's, I think it's cool. And I think that one of the, the few silver linings to a really bad storm right now is that humanity, it, it, the war is the worst of people, in my opinion, it's just the worst of humanity, but it's encouraging to me to see a little bit of the good of humanity too, kind of, kind mm. of you know, peeking through the cracks a little bit, whether it's, you know, people 
you know, videos on the ground of people helping each other out over there, people trying to show mm. support over here, people talking about like, I, I heard a cool story about all these cars that were lining up in Poland to like help refugees that were leaving the country. They were just picking people up and just like, where do you, where do you want to go? There's a line of cars at the border. Some of right, these people yeah, yeah. walked like several kilometers. Actually, no, I saw a letter from somebody who wrote that they had somebody, I friend of a friend who had walked like, I don't remember, double digit kilometers. Um, and I'm American, so I don't know how far that is, but um, <laughs> a couple of miles, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of hectares or something. But um, and and the and there was Polish cars just waiting to just pick up strangers and take them someplace, like take them to hotels, take them to hostels or whatever. And so, to to me, it's there isn't a lot anybody can do that isn't local. But people putting up the yellow and blue is, I, I think, shows some humanity. I I don't know. I. It doesn't mean anything maybe at the end of the day, but it shows a little bit of humanity in when there's just not a lot of that going around. I don't know. That's, that's my view on it. It's maybe it doesn't mean much, but. Mm. I mean, I wonder, I wonder about that. I agree. And I disagree. Um, and kind of off topic of directly being about re- Ukraine, but more about just the humanity because, you know, we show the, the, the show of respect maybe for what's going on over there. But we're not interested enough to really read a little bit, listen to a little bit about what's going on. It's almost like the puppet response. You know, they're doing it, so I'll do it. I heard about it. You heard about it? No, I didn't hear about it. And then you go on somebody's profile. Oh, I heard about it now. And you put something up. Um, And then meanwhile, I'm sitting next to the person who has something on their profile, not knowing about that at all. But then, you know, somebody has an attitude with me or they hate me or they disrespect me in my presence. But yet, we support Ukraine. So, I mean, I think it's a double-edged sword. I mean, I agree that, yeah, to, to a degree, it shows that there, there is a sense of, it touches a sense of humanity because people have a sense of caring. Um, whether they actually care or not is another thing, but I think there's a sense of caring. But if we can't show that to the people next to us, then what does it all really mean? As in, as in like, there's yeah, not definitely. a lot of Thank personal you. expense to... Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. that is virtue signaling, right? It's 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 yeah. it's showing it's showing it without having to actually do anything, right? I mean, it's that like Coney 2012 thing. I just if you've never read up on that, just definitely, no, no, I'm definitely, I can, definitely, I can send yeah, you a podcast about it. And got it queued up and everything. So. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating because it was 100% virtue signaling. That's it. There was nothing else, and and it was really funny to watch in real time because I, I see where were we at the time? I think we just moved to Arizona at the time. And, um, and I was just watching this, like, what, what, nobody knows what you're talking about. No one knows who this guy is. No one could, no one would know him if he walked right in front of you, but we were all just like, yeah, we, we don't like this guy. (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that's what's happening here though. I think it's it's a response to, I mean, I, I understand that there's like a lot of nuances that we're not going to, that we can't figure out now and we won't figure out till a lot, a long time later. Yeah. But I also think it's pretty rapidly. Yeah. And it's, it's a, none of us really know what goes on in that part of the world, but we do know an innocent person getting attacked when we see one and we can relate to the, you know, the kids saying goodbye to their parents and stuff. And, and if we didn't respond in some way, very viscerally, I would think there was something wrong with us. Now, Lamar, to your point, if they're not showing that same kindness to the people next to them, that's, that's a problem, right? It's like, they're not, they're not showing it when there is cost, but they are showing it when there's no cost. That's, that's, yeah, super right. you know that's not great right? and i that's, think that that's like the sense of unease that i that i felt or like i don't want to be a hypocrite so it's like i you know i don't i don't necessarily want to put the yellow and blue in my 
my profile, for example, on social media, because I'm like, there, there isn't really a lot that I can do. And I, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I like, I feel like it's, it's almost like a meaningless thing to do to say, you know, I, I, I support Ukraine, but there's, there's literally nothing I can do. So I'm only doing it to score like social points with my other first world. You know, yeah, I'm a lot the same way. I, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. I, don't, I, I almost, I almost have like a, you know, I'm being duplicitous here because on the one hand, I'm saying these, you know, virtue signaling's fine as long as it's harmless. I don't do it though. Like I'm not very, <laughs> I, I don't like buying into stuff without knowing exactly what I'm buying, you know, but, but yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I think that the fact that the entire international community with a couple small notable exceptions are coming out very much on one side of this, at least for now to put the fire out, I think is significant, yeah. you know, and I think that 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 doesn't mean everybody involved is great. and doesn't mean everybody that doesn't even mean, I mean, there's not even going to be a clean, a, a smooth cleanup to all this. It's going to be messy no matter what. And you may end up with some chaos for, for a generation over there, but you know, it's like, man, you hope, you hope that there's some way that you can help people on the ground, you know, whatever that even means. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned one video of like, you know, parents saying goodbye to their kid or dads. And, and actually there was one video that was circulating and it turns out that was actually a, a Russian guy saying goodbye mm-hmm. to his daughter going to fight against the Ukrainian military. Right. There's a lot of those have been getting mixed up. It's really interesting to watch. Like there's, there's similar videos and you have literally are being shared by two groups of people for the opposite reasons. <laughs> and it's like, man, you really got to let this stuff kind of like settle a little bit, you know? Well, if we were to say, like, in terms of the propaganda war, because one of the, the first casualty in war is the truth. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, Ukraine is definitely winning the propaganda war. Yeah, I had that written down as something to say tonight. That that's that's definitely a thing. The, you Carry know, because I, I have some thoughts about it. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think again, I haven't looked a lot at Twitter because I think Twitter has got to be a dumpster fire of like raging misinformation. <laughs> but I get uh, all my info from Twitter, so that's why I'm on this. That's why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> well, that's good. We, it's a very important for you to bring that to the conversation. Legitimately, I do. I don't go. I I literally have not read a single news source, like mainstream three letter news source at all in the last. You week. just go all whatever, in, whatever people let's see what people are talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I just think like Ukraine's they, they, they show a picture of like a female soldier, like well, soldier and in air quotes, who happens to be really, really attractive is more likely a model who may have never fired a weapon in her life. Stock photo. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then like a destroyed tank in the background. And like that's going to get clicks and likes. And and I mean, I guess you're trying to boost morale or something, but I guarantee you she's not wearing her little tight army fatigue like camo outfit on the battlefield that's not what this looks like in the real world yeah yeah people people can be gullible people are going to see whatever they want to see i think on a lot of level but but i think i have to say one thing i've been really amazed by is is the propaganda and i and i use that term not in a negative way i use it in a as because i can't think of another word that is coming out of the Ukraine in real time. Like they are fighting for their lives. I don't doubt that at all, but they're winning the information war too. And I think that's fascinating. I I've been absolutely blown away. You know, they, there's that phrase that history is uh, written by the victors written or... by the victors. Yeah. History is written by the victors. So is the mythology right? The, the myths around the people and the great valiant battles they won and, you know, the, the dragons they slayed are all written by the people who are alive at the end, right? Right, yeah. Ukraine has somehow been doing it in real time. And I am 
impressed with that. You know, I don't know if any of these stories are true. Like there was that story about the snake Island, those 15 people on an Island. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, the first story that lasted until today was that they were all, they all told the Russians to F off and they were all killed. Right. Yeah. And then it turns out today they may have been taken captive. So they're probably all alive. <laughs> right. Like that story. Yeah. May, like, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's an incredible story. Right? Yeah. That captures and, and, the attention and like hearts and minds. Like it's, yeah. it's, and so maybe it inspires people to fight. Yeah, it's yeah, it does. It does inspire people. And Zelensky, their 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 president guy, never heard of this guy in my life. And he's like Chuck Norris level like fanship of the guy right now because of just how he's very carefully crafted, a very relatable, very uh, a message that people can get behind. And and I'm just I'm not even like moralizing any of it. I'm just saying that that's <laughs> yeah. that is brilliant. Like that the guy is brilliant to do that on the fly. I'm so used to having old presidents. I can't imagine having a relatable one. (laughs) Well, so here, here's another thing that makes me scratch my head. And, you know, I'm like, I I don't think I'm wrong. I don't think I'm moving into the realm of conspiracy theory, but Uh, I, I I guess, but I, but I look at something and I go, okay, like (laughs) Sean Penn's over there making a documentary about this whole damn thing. Of course. Who, who has time to do that? Like John Penn you, does. John Penn goes all over the world doing real dumb stuff. You like you must. Well, okay, but you're supposed to be leading your country in this fight against like this this mighty enemy here, and you have time to sit down for like an interview with a, a Hollywood <laughs> documentarian. Did that, happen, did that happen this week though? I thought it happened like a couple weeks ago. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. So I guess I should be careful. I, I don't miss I don't know misspeak. Either, yeah. I haven't but seen I, anything. I've heard that Sean Penn's over there, but I haven't seen any pictures of him over there. So like, that's the thing that makes me, again, it makes me like scratch my head and go, what the heck? Like, how do you have time if your country is like in the midst of a war to be like, well, I'm going to sit down and, 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 and you're right. Maybe he did it before the actual invasion happened. Um, but it just seems, I don't know. Like, I, again, it makes me go, what, what, what am I missing here? You know, because if you're, if you're fighting for your, your country's like very survival and I, I go back to like, I, I really feel like if Russia actually wanted to annihilate the Ukraine, they could have already accomplished it. Um, they have, they would have had like the military might and fire, fire power. And well, it's common. I mean, they, did you see the, there's, I, I, I'm not up to date today of like of a 40 mile string of combatants heading directly toward Kiev. It's they, they, I think they, I think they came up against more resistance than they had maybe bargained for a little bit. And I think they're going to try other ways, but. Um, so I, I think, I honestly think that they thought this was going to be Crimea. I really do. Like where they would after, just come in and yeah. yeah, after reading a bunch of reporters on the ground in Russia, the, the gist over there is that they're, they're not happy with how it's going at all. They, they thought that they could, they didn't expect the level of resistance that they're getting. I don't think. Well, Crimea is like ethnically Russian. It's like 80 right. plus percent Russian speakers. Right. It was, it was Russian territory. They, they, you know, they gifted it or whatever that means to the Ukraine in 1954, but it was actually a piece of Russian territory. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 that annexation, I sort of understand because it's like, if, if Ukraine goes to NATO, that's like a huge Russian naval base that was already, that was already there on Crimea mm-hmm. and they would lose that theoretically. And so I guess if you think from a geopolitical or military strategy standpoint, it made sense to hold a, <laughs> an election, which I would say very loosely in Russian terms. Um, the, yeah, you know, because c- of course Putin seems to win every election with like an eighty percent majority. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know. And for for anybody interested, as a side note, Alex Navalny, which is a Putin rival, and he mm. he has done an incredible job of documenting. Oh, never looked that up. Putin's corruption. It's all in Russian, but you see the subtitles. It's it's incredible. He's like I've been a thorn in Putin's side, and, and the moment he flew back to Russia before he released this documentary, he was like arrested at the airport. Yeah. Didn't even get it off the ground. But 
um, I go back to just thinking from a, I don't know, I guess I'm thinking from a military strategy standpoint as if I, again, I have some military experience, but it's pretty limited. And I can't pretend I've you know, done a lot of time on the ground, but I, I look at what Russia's doing and I get this sense. And again, I could be totally wrong. You might be on the point, you know, Kyle, where it's like they roll in there and they just start like crushing the country. But I feel like Russia didn't want to like conquer Ukraine in the sense of having to rule this as a territory, but more they wanted to, I, would it be right to say, like, if I was say like, they wanted to like capture Ukraine, but not have to, you know, and get like their pro Russia government installed, but not have to like maintain a military presence and all that kind of stuff. Just decapitate the leadership, get, get a pro Russian sort of leadership team in there and not like annihilate this territory. So I could be wrong. I could be proven wrong tomorrow for all I know. But I just wonder, like, if if like it doesn't make logical sense to go in there and actually flatten a country if you want its resources and things like that. You're you're on mute there, Kyle. Sorry, I didn't want you to hear me typing. Um, <laughs> the same token, you were you were saying that like you felt a little conspiratorial about how Zelensky is doing, but if at the same time Russia's trying to decapitate the head of the dragon or whatever, that he's the right, head, yeah. right? So it's like it's yeah. it's it's um it's a fairly it's very simple math to get to Russia's in charge, right? However, they decide to do it afterwards. Right. You know, and yeah. we'll just, we'll see. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't even think, I don't, well, again, who knows? As, as if, like, I have no idea. It's it runs all speculation. Who knows? Right. Yeah. In my mind, it doesn't make, it wouldn't make sense to, let's say, like, assassinate Zelensky. And I imagine if they wanted to do that, they would have just sent yeah. some, I don't know, uh, KGB or Spetsnaz guy in there or something and poisoned his cup of coffee or poisoned his underwear or something like they tried with Navalny. Yeah. That was what they did with Navalny. Yeah. They put, you literally, like, I don't know, they had someone go into his hotel and, like, put this poison powder into his underwear and that gets absorbed through the skin. And, yeah, you know, so I'm like, if, if, they, if they wanted to take him out. But I think they, weirdly enough, Again, I don't know. This is pure speculation, but I wonder, is Russia trying to somehow maintain just a little bit of face? Like we're not these heartless, we're not heartless butchers here. We have an objective we're trying to carry. Yeah, sure. But on their end, (laughs) so it wouldn't make sense to necessarily like take out the president, but maybe be like, we're arresting you for uh, war crimes or this or that, you know, some sort of trumped up stuff rather than actually like execute him, for example. So when I say decapitate, I don't actually mean like. No, I mean, when was the last time you heard a major uh, country's prime person outside of a known dictator that had international people against him when was the last time you heard of a president or a prime minister being assassinated it's been i mean not lately right that would be i mean i don't know if haiti counts oh yeah yeah, actually that wasn't that long ago was that that 2020 that was yeah i believe it was 2020 well, look at our ignorance here. The thing that we were talking about, yeah. right? Because like in, in, I hate to, it sounds so callous to put it this way because there's so, but, but Haiti was relatively irrelevant to the average person in North America. What do they have? So that was like, I yeah. think not on anybody's radar. So, well, you know what? This is, this is always an interesting conversation. I appreciate you, you sharing your perspective. I wanted to put some thoughts out there that I, I suppose there wasn't nearly as much controversy as I thought. We're, we're probably more closely aligned than we think, but I wanted to throw a few things out there just for a line of questioning. And um, anyways, it's, it's been really, really interesting. And I appreciate both of you sharing. Any, any final thoughts you want to share just to, to wrap things up here? Uh, so just for the record, Sean Penn is currently over there in Ukraine. Um <laughs> <laughs> last report was on February 26th, just two days ago. So, I mean, he's there. Yeah, but, um, interesting. But yeah, I mean, yeah, aside from that, I mean, it's, again, it's just, for me, it's just one of those wait and see things. I mean, we we, we think we have an idea and then the idea 
goes left and everything else went right, and we end up being wrong. So <laughs> I am, I'm happy to be wrong in this situation. I would love for yeah. them to have, like they had some negotiations today, I think, but they probably went nowhere, but I'd love them to negotiate and go, okay, we're going to pull out or whatever. You know, I think yeah. that's best yeah. case scenario. Yeah. yeah. You know, give, give Russia a face saving way out of this. Yeah. Yeah. If they can keep their, their, their egos intact a little bit, still, still back out of it. That would be amazing. I don't, I, I can't imagine how that would happen, but. Right. Yeah. Things happen. Yeah. I mean, but, just uh, also yeah. the perception of, um, of Vladimir himself, um, it would have to be in a way that doesn't make him appear weak. Yeah. yeah fair enough. So, all right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure. Very interesting conversation. We've got a we've got a really interesting guest next week. So we've got a special guest coming on. Hope to see you there. And have a good night and stay safe, everyone. All right. Have a good night. Created a foundation of basing who we are on the response we get from people. People are expressing to somebody else out of the dislike maybe for themselves. When you can respond with compassion, you know you've learned to develop a certain amount of love and respect and appreciation for yourself. Compassion allows us to look at these things and to see them as they are with a desire to understand without the need to judge. In that space, that's where we create powerful transformational change.